welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Anthony, and thank you all for joining us for today's episode. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Daniel and Shay. How are you guys? We're Doing good, well, man. man. You went right into it, eh? You just, you, yeah, you, you ran. <laughs> you just well, yeah, ran. You, you didn't. Me, you told me to start the show, so I started the show. <laughs> but we, we didn't put a gun to start the show. We didn't put no, a no, gun you, your head, though. You did. I just. I was expecting you like to tee up like a joke or something. Like this is Daniel, the the so and so from oh, such yeah, and what. I, I had one, but I'm like, you know what? I'll 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 do it on my next episode. <laughs> okay. Kind of create. That suspense of when what is Dan, what is, what is Anthony going to call Daniel and Shay this week? But this is the sixteenth episode, you, though. I'm going to call you it by is. your names today. But oh, oh that's the sequel name. to yeah. <laughs> it's a sequel to that. Uh, but, after he's yeah. directing Scarface, he's coming to direct uh, that. <laughs> but sequel. Anthony, are you like on a timer today? Like, are you doing something after? Is that why you're rushing this? No, I'm not rushing. I just started it, man. It's like <laughs> you seven you o'clock took- at night. <laughs> You took one breath and you're like, oh, I'm going to be back. We'll see you next. Well, what, Anthony? I was told when you are ready to do it, you do it. It's you true. Know, like you just Who told you that? You got to live by that motto. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Oh, <laughs> oh the you MJ. You take this shot. Yep. So it's true. Shot. Man, did you get it how in? are you guys? We're doing I'm, good, man. I, I got it in. Yes, yes. You're doing you good? Got it. No. I'm doing good, yeah. Just enjoying finally some nicer weather. So spending some time outside. Shay's enjoying some drinks on his end there, shaking up a margarita. It sounds Sorry, like. Sorry, I uh, didn't know that you could hear that sound. I apologize. I shouldn't have been shaking up. I'm drinking some mango tang for all the viewers out there. I'm a big fan of mangoes, whether it's in whatever form it's in. I can't think of a form the of one you, mango I don't like. Is that the one you got in the Philippines? Yes. I bought, like, I bought, I bought bags of it. It's oh, funny, my I God, just okay. had a mango this week. Oh, like one? Two. I had two mangoes. Oh, you, you gotta, really you gotta pump those mangoes. numbers up, man. Yeah, I love. Yeah, mangoes. I guess. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really buy mangoes that much. So when I saw, I got them, you. They were actually given to me. I, it's not like some. I went to go buy them. Someone gave them to me. Oh, and like a bartering a... mangoes. <laughs> right? Well, some bartering mangoes with you? Sounds like. Uh, it. We'll or say, do you have just like oh, mango of the month club? Like what's have, going on uh, here? The motorcycle out coming out soon. So get ready to hear. Well, is Did he give you the mangoes? <laughs> No, no. Mango, the month first, club person who gave you the mangoes shall not be <laughs> shall not be uh, talked about. What's that verse? Okay. Is there a verse the the one that shall not be named? Yeah, we shall you not. Name Harry Potter? You talking about Harry Potter? Oh, yeah. it's Voldemort. It's Voldemort gave me the mangoes, or a form of Voldemort. Anthony, how are you doing though? Yeah, I'm doing well. I've been trying to get some sun. I got some sun these past few days. Um. But yeah, it's been a it's been a good week. Um, still, good. you saw me too, which is good too, oh, yeah. right? I saw Daniel. He came to my yeah, house. Right? You haven't seen me yet, though. No, you didn't come. I, to I, I had to go to him. That's why. Yeah, Anthony's like, I'm not coming to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I just don't yeah. travel that far anymore. So it's, it's like the uh, the outskirts of Mad Max, Brampton. <laughs> I dude, I'm telling you, when I got into Woodbridge and I pulled into your neighborhood, I when I was there, I was like, I was with my dad in the car. I'm like, Dad, I'm backing out of this driveway. The, I don't think this is the right place because I saw like this giant dude there and these cars I never recognized. I'm like, they know I'm an outsider. I can't be here. And I was just waiting for someone to take me down. And then I just saw you running out. Like, hey, man. I'm like, oh God, thank God, I'm not going to die today. <laughs> yeah, my dad had the shovel in the back. He was gonna. Yeah. bury you for some reason. Was. <laughs> uh, 
I'm like, sir, I'm just delivering a book. Have you seen the movie Parasite Oscar winner from 17 years ago? That's that's what I'm delivering. Your dad was literally like, oh, you only told me one of them was coming. I only made one hole in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He locked eyes with my dad and, and they just kind of gave each other like a, a dad stare and they like just kind of nodded. I'm like, oh, shit, that almost went down stare. right there. <laughs> that de-escalated. Um, they, they de-escalated it. Yeah. Huge de-escalation. Um, but as always, you can catch a new episode of the Movie Podcast every Monday across all your favorite podcast services. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter by searching This Time With. And if you want to be a part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, please head over to thistimewith.com slash talk. We actually have a really cool announcement. We have an episode or a special episode that we did last, was it Thursday, guys? Was it Thursday? It was Wednesday. I want to say Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, it was the hump day. It was the hump day. Yeah. So we got news that Snyder, the Snyder cut of Justice League, is coming out 2021. So we did a special uh, episode on how we felt about it. We also have commentary episodes um, on Sicario as well as Spider Man and Game Night. So those are things that you can look forward to in our archive. Um, but why don't we head over into our mailbag because we have some questions that were um, given to us. Sounds good. Yeah. So Victor, Victor says, my question is what your take on interactive storytelling type games like Detroit and Heavy Rain. I personally love the genre because it's a bit of a break from having no control over movies and too much control on certain video games. Thanks. Absolutely. Love the pod. That's very Thanks, sweet. Thanks, Victor. That's very sweet. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Victor. So what do you guys think of um, turn-based video games? So that's from developer uh, what Quantic Dreams. Is that correct? Yeah, David Cage, David uh, Cage. is the director of those games. Yeah. yeah. I, I have played Heavy Rain and Detroit, which came out 2017. Yeah, Detroit was 20... Oh, I think Detroit was 2018, sorry. 2018, yeah. Um, yeah. Daniel, I know you and I both played that game. And Heavy Rain, I, I had a lot of fun with on um, PS3. I really I really like those games because I love the choices factor of it. And in Heavy Rain, it, it was already a, you know, a very interesting story about you know a, a dad losing his son and then there's just so much more involved in there. The detective elements are great. I never got around to playing... Um, beyond two souls but uh i have it so maybe one day i'll go back into it detroit i absolutely loved because i loved what it was doing and how many different characters that you could kind of have alongside the fact that people were getting different endings like i remember talking to daniel about it and you know he was getting one thing and i was getting the other and then at the very end we pretty much i think had different endings yeah, I think chapter by chapter we were getting like, oh, what did you do here? And what did you do here? Oh, oh this person's still alive. Oh, that person died. Like <laughs> yeah. in the first scene I had that them was in, the opening, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just cool. And I think what's so cool about this way of storytelling is that there's so many different branches. You literally, at the end of every chapter, especially in Detroit, uh, you see like all the different potential 
kind of webs of conversations and actions that could have happened. And you see the percent of people that went in those directions. And it's always cool. I'm like, oh, how do I get that ending? Or mm-hmm. what de- what decision or what clue did I have to find to get here? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really impressive what you could do with storytelling this. And it's no wonder these games take so long to come out. I know with Detroit, I think the demo or just like the first look at that game came out in like 2010 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or it was like an, it, like a like it was just like a, a trailer that came out like and a tech demo, it, right? A tech demo, yeah. And like it's it's really cool what they can do. And yeah, same with Shay. Like uh, I have Beyond Two Souls. That's the one that actually had Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. in it. Yes, yes. Um, so you kind of see that cross section of movies and gaming, which we'll see we'll talk about soon on the show as well too. But um, it, it's it's interesting that this sort of storytelling exists, and I'm hoping that we'll start to see even more of it in the future because the technology is there and it's kind of like a choose your own adventure, but on the largest scale possible. Yeah. Well, that's well, a great question. Thank you Black Mirror for that episode. one. What about you, Anthony? Yeah, but there was the Black Mirror episode with um, the option of choosing the right path or the path that you want your actor to go down or your char- the character in the show to go down mm-hmm. was, uh, was kind of like the first version of this turn-based style video game and movie being or live action being put together, which was an interesting um, dynamic to to a storytelling because it just gave you complete control over um, how this show ends. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, Black Mirror. Yeah, of course. And and they're actually doing it again with uh, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, which I think is it's either out or will be coming out. Um, they're doing it again, a choose your own adventure kind of story f- for the show. So I'm like, it's cool that we're seeing the movie and TV side kind of adapt to this because now the infrastructure is there through Netflix and streaming services like that to kind of tell different stories and get interactive with it. Cause at the end of the day, between games and movies, the one thing they're doing is competing with you for your time and for your kind of mind share. So that's, they have to find kind of new ways to innovate on both, both sides. Yeah, mm-hmm. but thank you, Victor, for your question. Um, we have another question from Ben. Ben says, "So the new Tenant trailer was just released. Well, I'm just confused as ever. Probably even more so. How does Nolan keep doing this? He essentially lets us see everything, but yet we know nothing. Brilliant. Also, I saw this little theory floating around that Patterson is just playing Nolan, and after the last scene in the trailer, I kind of love the idea. Cheers." Thank you, Ben, for your question. But do you guys know what he's talking about with this uh, Pattinson playing Nolan and the theory? I think it's. I think it's because Pattinson, like, there's like kind of a meme going around last year when set photos were coming out, because Pattinson's character is dressed exactly like the way Nolan is, like how he is on set and stuff, kind of like with the overcoat and scarf and things like that. So I think that's where that's coming from. But um, yeah, again, I think I also think the fact that at the very end of the trailer, you know. Pattinson says, oh, I'm going to, you know, crash this plane kind of thing. And there's also that other meme going around that Nolan hates planes because in almost all his films, he either, has a, <laughs> he either has a dead wife in it or he has a plane going down. Yeah. So, so do you guys think the, like, I was like, when I saw them, like, is it going to break the fourth wall? Is, is Nolan going to be somehow tied into this film <laughs> where he kind of like appears as like this, not a ghost, but subconscious person make himself in the movie who knows man i would like here's the thing 
with that movie, I have no idea what's going on. And if if it sure, you know what? We'll see after it comes out, whenever that's going to be. Uh, who knows at this point, but you can only watch it in theaters. That's all I know. And I mean, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about the trailer when we get to our trailer section. But um, Ben, just, just like you, I, I don't know if the word confused is correct. It's more so just like this mind fuck that we kind of get with Nolan, where he just takes it and is like, okay, I'm going to show you a straight line here, but it's not a straight line. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Then, then what is it? It's like it's a straight line, but it's not a straight line. So that's total Nolan, and uh, I'm excited. I mean, I we'll, we're, we're going to dive into that trailer in a bit, so I'm excited. This week, our topic of the show is all about iconic movie marketing campaigns. So we're going to dive into some of the most iconic movies out there that came out with really cool campaign uh, marketing campaigns for their vids. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Marvel and, and and the Dark Knight, as well as. Uh, some interesting, interesting ones you didn't think about that maybe had a, a huge part in how we market movies nowadays. Um, yeah, and, but and how they kind of found their success as well. Yeah. So why don't we get into the news and then we'll talk about that stuff? You guys ready? Yep. Let's do it. Three, <laughs> oh, two. <okay. laughs> I didn't. I didn't know you're gonna like, count it down. <laughs> We're gonna get this. We're gonna get this. <laughs> I'm not even going to count it down this time. I'm so confused. Okay, going forward, going forward, whoever's hosting will do the do-do-do sound. It has to be that way. It has to. You know what? I think that's a great idea. That is whatever. Okay. Take it away, Anthony. Or Daniel could record us doing do-do-do and then put it together. Or Daniel, just take a do-do-do from one of our previous episodes. Our previous ones. Yep, yep. And just... I feel like, okay, well, you know, starting next week, well, now you gave away our secret. We were going to try and convince the listeners that we were getting it perfectly, but now they know we're we're cheating, but it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First order of business. Tenant debuts time-bending trailer on Fortnite. This is coming from Aaron Couch of the THR. So Tenant is back with a new trailer, which made its world debut Thursday on Fortnite. The film has been subject to speculation over whether it will stick to the July 17 release date that Warner Brothers set for the pick, which has been the only summer tentpole not to shift dates amid the coronavirus pandemic. Though the trailer for the time-bending Christopher Nolan film did not include a release date, the biography for the film's Twitter page now includes July 17th date after it curiously disappeared early Thursday. The YouTube page hosting the trailer also has the date. The Tenet trailer marks the most significant piece of film marketing to ever hit Fortnite. In December, the game turned heads when J.J. Abrams and Lucasfilm debuted an exclusive scene from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker ahead of the movie release. Since then, Fortnite has delved even more into areas of entertainment outside of gaming. In April, Epic Games' free-to-play battle royale hit saw rapper Travis Scott appear virtually in the game, performing his new single, Astronomical. The event drew a record 12 million concurrent views. Early in, early in February, DJ Marshmallow hosted an in-game concert drawing 10 million concurrent players. What do you guys think of Christopher Nolan's debut on <laughs> debuting the trailer on Fortnite? I know me and Shay have some some reservations around it, but... Uh, oh, had, for sure. We had a great yeah. discussion about this when it was happening, but um, yeah, Daniel, if you want to go first... 
Yeah, no, I'm and I'm I think in the same boat as all of us, because collectively, when we saw this, we were just like, what the fuck? Um, But like the more I was thinking about it and like the more you kind of see how Fortnite's really just kind of been the place to do things now. Um, I was just like, okay, yeah, sure. And apparently, like Jeff Keighley, who's obviously, if you're into video games, you know who Jeff Keighley is, kind of the orchestrator of like called all like the Summer Games Fest, the Game Awards, things like that. Um, him and Christopher Nolan and Donald Mustard, who is like the head of Epic Games, pretty much, and Warner Brothers, kind of came up with this together. And they're like, let's kind of, if we can't debut this trailer on the big screen in theaters, they they they'll debut it on the big screen i guess in fortnite which when i went into fortnite because i'm obviously i've only played like maybe 20 minutes in my entire life of fortnite i didn't know where this trailer was premiering so like i was like instagramming living with you instagram live with you guys like we're like yeah we're just waiting for this to start and it turns out i was like at a stage instead of where this trailer was supposed to be premiering but i will say like i got to give my hats off to fortnite in the sense of just building a world because like when i was in there it kind of almost felt like an amusement park of like like being in disney world but like virtually because there's like like just giant things everywhere that you feels like you're in like in a giant like disney world type environment um but yeah it's it's still strange like whenever you hear uh a movie i guess anything kind of like tying in I, i i will say though that it's not as weird as like them straight up having like a full on like Palpatine returning in Fortnite that tied into Rise of Skywalker. Like it's not as strange as that it's a trailer. So like I didn't mind it too much. It's still it's still strange seeing that, but I, I want to hear your guys' take. Cause yeah, we did have a really uh good convo when uh when this news happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot um pretty much since it's happened and I'm I'm personally still not on board with it yet. I mean I, I know I'm gonna sound like the old maybe like a curmudgeon or just somebody maybe not with the times. And I I promise you my opinion on it isn't coming from there. It's more so along the lines of it just didn't mesh with me. I also think when we were waiting for this trailer to drop, we only found out the day before that we were getting a trailer. Okay. The day of the trailer, we don't hear a single peep about it until what, six hours before it premieres. So I just found that so bizarre and not well orchestrated at all that i was like are you sure you guys had planned this because it really doesn't seem like you did even though you say you did but i just i can't see where this is all coming from i also found it odd that you know nolan who's so you know about the big screen experience like i I joined fortnite and i downloaded it and joined it with you daniel and obviously i didn't make it in time for the screening also but watching it from the perspective of my character with all these other characters around on a screen that's smaller than my TV screen um, felt like the worst way for me to watch this trailer. <laughs> so uh, the second that you told yeah. me that it was available on YouTube, I was like, oh my God, fuck all this. Watch it there. I'm going to watch it there in full screen uh, without flaming arrows and people, <laughs> people dabbing in front of me. Like It felt like I was watching in a theater on March break. On a yeah, it, that, that's exactly what it felt like. That's exactly what it was, and uh, like it did, like it felt big in game because obviously your character is smaller. But yeah, like if I'm watching this trailer, I want to see it on my screen. I don't want to be uh, like interrupted by anything else. Um, Eric Davis of uh, Fandango, he's a managing editor there, and 
he was kind of talking about this too, and he was saying that like he's seen a lot of fair. Uh, I've seen a lot of fair amount of people criticizing Christopher Nolan for embracing Fortnite to debut the Tenet trailer, but also to screen one of his older movies in its entirety inside the game. Um, and he's kind of goes on to say that like Nolan's always been the kind of person like to lead the industry in championing cinema, like as we are all kind of talking about, mm-hmm. um, and like turning the simple act of watching a movie into a big shared experience which is what the theater experience is. Right. Um, and he also kind of went on to say that, um, where am I here? Sorry. Uh, the next generation of kids are spending most of their time inside living in virtual environments like Fortnite or Minecraft or Roblox, whatever they're playing. Um, so instead of going, getting the audience to come to like the theater, you got to kind of go where your audience is, especially like with the demographic that Fortnite pulls in, which we kind of have in the next part of the story, that like the the demographic they try and get so much is that is that age range between eighteen and forty nine, and that's ninety eight percent of the player base of Fortnite. So I could see why Warner Brothers would want to try and reach out to them, mm-hmm. and also try and I guess that like go to where the next generation of storytellers are going to be and be like, hey, this is a movie, even though you may not care about it. Let, let's let, at least let you know what this is. But yeah, the uh, the criticisms that you said, Shay, I'm 100% on board in the sense that even if they announced the day before that like, hey, this is going to premiere on the big screen in Fortnite, then I at least would have known where to go because I was like streaming it like an idiot, like just kind of running around not knowing what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, it's pr- oh, it's over there. Like I didn't know. Even though I got to watch it on YouTube two minutes later, I was still upset in the sense where it's like, why, why couldn't it have been a bit more clear? on how this rollout was going to happen again. I don't know how long this was in planning stages for, but I feel like they could have been a little bit more clear on where to actually watch this in Fortnite, other than just in the party Royale mode. Or maybe it's just me not knowing that obviously it's on the big screen, idiot, you old stupid person. Like, I don't know. What do you think, Anthony? can Can I ask you guys a question? If there was no pandemic at the moment, do you think there, they would still premiere it on Fortnite? No. no, I think it would have been in theaters for sure. Like it would theater be theaters premiere. or like, mm. I don't know, a, a TV or a I think just been regular YouTube like or, or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's playoff season right now, right? So, yeah. And also, uh, Fast and the Furious would have come out this weekend. So they would have 100% had that because they had a big audience this weekend who would have mm-hmm. seen that movie. Mm-hmm. So I think once that put got pushed, they really had to like be like, okay, where can we, where can we pivot now? But I just. Yeah, this I think this would 100% still debuted in theaters like the first trailer for Tenet did. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's just for like for me and Shay, it's just it seems out of character for Christopher Nolan. And again, we don't even know Christopher Nolan. We just know him <laughs> his movies, so we don't even know like what his interests are. And what- you call him Christopher Nolan? I just call him Chris. Yeah, just Chris, man. Yeah, just Chris. I, this year people have been calling him Chris. I, I've always <laughs> called him Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, we we don't know what he likes and what he does on his during his yeah. spare time. He he might have like a connection to Fortnite. I think he does apparently. He knows of it, I guess. We when we see Fortnite, like the Fortnite audience, mm-hmm. they're not like the people we would you know hang around or or talk movies to or even <laughs> like in you know have a conversation with. So there's a, there's right, a little right. bit of a disconnect between. Um, watching this trailer on Fortnite and you know just putting it on YouTube or do we have yeah. do we have numbers yet 
Uh, not that I've seen yet. I mean, like the Tenet trailer itself has amassed like millions of views on YouTube, but I don't right? on YouTube. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know what the uh, the Fortnite numbers are yet. Uh, but yeah, I, I it totally feels it feels like too new school for Nolan because like you got like we were saying like Nolan's always been about the traditional, but he's also kind of oh also like a pioneer in the sense of trying out new things and for him to embrace like this is where kids are or, or kids even though it's 300 million people playing it. It's like, this is where kind of the younger generation is right now. And he's even going to go and screen one of his movies inside Fortnite. And at the end of the day, like 10 years from now or next year, wherever Fortnite is, it will always be Christopher Nolan was the first person to show a movie in Fortnite. Whether that means anything in a year from now is yet to be seen, but it's, I, I still like, I commend them for, doing something unique and i guess fortnite is also very family friendly in the sense too because there's so many different like partnerships with like disney and marvel and star wars and things like that yeah it's again it's all very bizarre feeling so I, i'm i'm still with you guys on that front and if you gave me the option i'd 100 take youtube any day of the week but i at least commend them for trying something with it i just right. i just still find it weird that like again it's fortnite and it's I just don't think this made that big of a dent. And I don't know if that's because it was overshadowed immediately by, you know, the Snyder cut being announced a day later, I think it was. Or day before. Day, day before, before, sorry. So and I don't it know came if, out after, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that was still, you know, eating up the timeline. But all I was seeing, at least on my Twitter feed, and that's pretty much really all that I go to, was people more perplexed about this decision or or not even even knowing about this decision and just kind of like, Oh, it dropped on YouTube. Like people just didn't acknowledge the Fortnite thing because it again, didn't have good marketing. Like I remember you sent us a text message in our group chat. Like I said, six hours before it came out and we were like, Oh, okay. So do I got to go download Fortnite now? Like, is that (laughs) what I got to do? And again, I don't know. Again, people that are playing that game, were they being announced like was there a message popping up on their screen because i i have i have cousins and i have a little sister who play this game and i went up to them i'm like hey have you heard about this and they looked at me as if i was speaking a different language they're like what are you yeah. talking about what's 10 what i'm like no it's a trailer <laughs> no, and then we watched it. we watched the trailer after and they're like yeah we were not interested i'm like okay that's yeah. fair i'm like it's not for um, you so that did not work yeah out. yeah you didn't hit yeah that yeah it's around. on the it's on uh it's like on the main menus and stuff but it's also like in a specific mode of fortnite so yeah there's there's so much but also going into that game probably the last time i played fortnite was two years ago or three years ago maybe and like that's kind of like when it hit like it's really big whenever like it really started being part of like the daily conversation is when i last time i was in it so logging into it it was just like it felt almost like uh like here's a million pop-ups and here's this and this and this and this and this and like very much like a free-to-play thing. So just to get to that where and then when I actually did get to the big screen, I'm like, oh Jeff Keeley, he's talking to John David Washington about this. And they're all hyped and psyched. And they're like, yeah, when that happened, the trailer, I'm like, what do you mean? I didn't see that. And I'm like, oh shit, I just missed the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh because they kind of I guess they showed it top of every hour. Um, uh, but yeah, very interesting, very very different. I'm just curious to see if more studios try this out going forward. I don't know. I really don't. But Epic is one of those is one of those, I guess, companies now that, you know, they make Fortnites. They make like the Unreal Engine, which mm-hmm. we just saw the demo with PlayStation 5 a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They were part of like 
how visual effects are made now, like with the Mandalorian, which we were talking a little bit about and like just how movies are being made in virtual environments now. So they're very much tied to the movie and gaming industry. So I'm, I'm thinking going forward, there may be only more partnerships with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we dive into why Fortnite was the best place to debut Christopher Nolan's Tenet trailer. And this is coming from Scott Mendelson of Forbes. So with movie theaters closed, uh, live sports canceled and event TV in short supply, a popular online video game was the best launch pad for Chris Nolan's <laughs> new Tenet trailer. As you know by now, a new trailer for Christopher Nolan's Tenet debuted last night to generally positive notices. But the oddest thing about the trailer was the matter in which it debuted. If you wanted to see it before anyone else, before it popped up online several minutes after the fact, you had had to play Fortnite. Sure, we grouchy old people complained about having to get our children to get help us uh, to get us help to see the trailer. And yes, my eight-year-old had to have his avatar race to the proper location, <laughs> but it was something unique and frankly smart—a smart way to drum up buzz. As of May twenty. 20- 18, Fortnite was the most watched game on Twitch and YouTube gaming, and its demographics were a whopping 72% male and 61% 18 to 24 age group. That does seem like a prime demo who might enjoy a run-and-gun PG-13 action spectacular. Heck, 98% of the players are on average between 18 and 44, which is nearly identical to the core 18 to 49 demographic advertisers most value. Donald Mustard, the worldwide creative director of Epic Games, has now revealed exactly how the decision to release Tenant's trailer on Fortnite originated. Taking to Twitter to write, the idea debuting the Tenant trailer came from a phone call with Christopher Nolan. We were talking about our love of seeing new trailers in theater and how sad we were that we can't do it right now. But how maybe this could be the next best thing. When we do... When we do anything like this, it's always born and driven from a relationship between creatives trying to bring something we think is awesome to life. So what do you guys think of that analogy or that kind of idea of Fortnite being the catalyst for um, Tenet during a pandemic? I just think, like, did Chris Nolan use, like, a cell phone for this or was this, like, a rotary phone? (laughs) Did they, did they like send a like mail to Donald Mustard saying, yeah, let's do this? Because like he's like like famously, as we kind of always joke, like he doesn't really use like technology. social technology, right? Um, but it's it's interesting to kind of see these partnerships again. Like I would have never thought Nolan would maybe know what this is or be part of it. But like, again, he does have younger kids so maybe he was introduced to it that way. Again, it's cool that they're trying something new, whether or not it's always going to mesh. It's going to be that that's what the numbers will tell us. But I was just happy I got to watch a trailer on YouTube. Like, I think by 804, I was watching the trailer when it was supposed to be in Fortnite at eight o'clock. So, mm-hmm. um, but what a trailer it was. Great trailer. I think I would have rather had them just debut this trailer on my Apple watch. Like I would have rather watched it there. Like as, really, eh? on this tiny ass screen <laughs> uh, instead of instead of watching it on a Fortnite, at least the watch you know it's about time and the whole movie is about time <laughs> so i would have been like oh okay this makes sense it's reversing time on your watch somehow yeah. like it's messing with your like app your notifications <laughs> yeah but like Damn. but i remember like when i was watching clips of people watching it in Fortnite, it was literally like 
a guy throwing spears at the screen, I think. <laughs> and like the screen was like catching on fire. And I'm like, could you imagine if all I did today was wait for this damn trailer to come out and the guy in front of me is like doing the dab? Like it was it's, frustrating. Dude, I was right. dying of laughter, man. Cause it was like, I was, when I first started live streaming it on Instagram, it's like, I'm waiting, and then I see like a guy dressed as Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren's dan- dancing next beside me, beside uh, Deadpool. I'm like, what is going? What What is happening in the world right yeah. now? <laughs> it was just, it's just, I was just laughing. But I will say though, what they're what they're doing with Fortnite is really cool in the sense of like kind of building worlds. But it's still, I feel a little clunky. The the I guess the partnership because it, it wasn't anything unique about it it was just the trailer in game if they did something <clears throat> i think with the tra- was it the travis scott one where like there was like anti-gravity and stuff like that like if there was something more to it that would be cool if it was interactive in a way maybe with the movie when they're planning the movie there'll be interactive moments like that somehow with but events see, happening in the game based on the movie that would be cool but but see here's, you, my, other, here's my other thing yeah. like the fact that they also go ahead sorry anthony no no go 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 i was just gonna say I'll, that the I'll, fact yeah the fact that they haven't also announced what movie it is that they want to show during the summer. It also kind of let me think like, okay, they really didn't have a plan here. And like, it felt like maybe this morning, Jeff Keighley was like messaging Chris Nolan, like, Hey, yeah. Do you, do you know we're going to drop the trailer? And Chris was like, yeah, on on the, on the computer, I believe. And they're like, well, I've got an idea here. Have you heard of this game called Fortnite? He's like, what, when is that? The Fortnite? Like, where is that? Is that two, week, two weeks from now? Two weeks no, from now? No, no, it's, it's coming out tonight. No, it's, Chris. It's a game. It's, it's a game. <laughs> like like chess? No, not like chess. But, um, and then just, that's like, that's, it's still, it felt very, yeah. like, oh, guys, we've been, ha- we've had this in the, in the running for years. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, no, you haven't. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what the movie is that they announced because again, if there's an and like an interaction part of it, then that's really cool. Cuz it's like a whole shared world of people doing something connected to the movie. But this was just kind of like, oh, here's a movie, here's a dot .mov playing that we just dragged and dropped onto the screen uh for you guys all to watch. And Bob, yeah. I mean, I guess it'd be like a Batman one or maybe Inception. I feel, I feel like Inception, yeah. yeah. I feel like Inception would I be just, one. I find the irony of like Christopher Nolan um premiering this and he doesn't even want to like fucking make digital film like I love analog film i like playing with the, you know the, the just, just <laughs> yeah, but real. I mean, film yeah but you can't have a f- face <laughs> you can't <laughs> he's just, he's just <laughs> rolling around in a spool of virtual real? reality uh yeah market not marketplace but virtual reality environment and 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 show this trailer. I just I don't know. I just I get it. I get it. What you're saying because you know it's, it's very digital. Yeah, I know. I get it. But it's also like there haven't ever like games have always been like that in the sense of like you can't have a game on film. You know what I mean? So like games have always in their simplest of beginnings have been like a programmed digital thing where movies were celluloid. They were different from that. So I guess that's why he does maybe have a an issue with it and you could like do stuff within games and it's interactive and it's a shared worlds. Like I kind of like get the inception vibe of it. Like you're all sharing the game worlds, but yeah, there's definitely the irony is not lost on me that it's like, this is too, almost too modern to have his name beside it too. Right. In a sense. Yeah. yeah and the sure. guy who's all about, I want to watch on the biggest screen yet. I'm watching it on the smallest version of the biggest screen. Yeah, but it did within the game. Like it did feel like it did give you that. I guess that perspective, like you would in a movie theater. But again, it's still smaller than just watching it on your 
TV screen. Right. Luckily, this wasn't the only way to watch the trailer, though. So I'm just I'm just happy about that. Like, could you imagine if it was still Fortnite exclusive, and we only could watch it? I would have never Fortnite seen the to this day. Yeah, I wouldn't know what we're talking about today. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on from Fortnite and Tenon, and let's talk about Last Dance. Michael Jordan's series finishes as the most viewed ESPN documentary ever. This is coming from Will Thorne of Variety. Michael Jordan may well be the greatest basketball player of all time, and the documentary about his historic career has proven to be the biggest in, in the history of ESPN. With the ratings for the final two episodes of the docuseries officially in, The Last Dance averaged 5.6 million viewers across its 10-episode, beating all previous numbers put up by ESPN Docs. The first two episodes of The Last Dance marked two most viewed original content broadcasts on ESPN Network since 2004, surpassing the 2012 film You Don't Know Bo which captured an average viewership of 3.6 million. We are thrilled with the response from fans throughout the run of the series, said ESPN Executive Vice President of Content, Connor Schell. The past five Sunday nights have brought fans together, providing the type of communal viewing experience traditionally reserved for live sports. The exceptional, exceptional content of the series has caught through culturally and sparked conversations far beyond ESPN platforms. So what do you guys think of uh, the amount of viewers uh, watching The Last Dance? And the six it's days. absolutely – it's it's amazing, man. Honestly, like knowing – we're recording this right now on Sunday night, and it's like knowing that I won't have a new episode to watch tomorrow because we're in Canada and on Netflix, like that really bums me out. I know they announced that they're going to release uh, the Game 6 footage from Jordan's last game like from the perspective of The Last Dance film crew. In the sense of like, it's like the game, but from the their cameras, like I'm excited for that. But man, this was a hell of a series and it's just so, so well done. And it's not surprising to me that it got watched by this many people because this felt like a moment every week. It felt like a playoff game every single week that everyone was just talking about either on Sunday night or throughout the week because people were watching it afterwards. It was just, it was nice, man. It was just a, a great like shared experience for that. Yeah, exactly. Here, um, I, I think this is one of the greatest docu series series that I've ever seen, and um, I am sad that tomorrow I won't have an episode to watch. But I think this is one of those series that I'm going to go back and just rewatch because it was phenomenal. Like, everything about it was just so good. Do you think the success of this docu series is because there hasn't been a docu series on Michael Jordan? Yeah. You know, like I, I can't really find <laughs> a Michael you just Jordan said that so nonchalantly, Shay. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> you're just like, yeah. I, this is. The I mean, I have this and Space Jam. That's it. Right. That's that's oh, all we got of Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's true. Space like, Jam is a true story, right? It happened. That's actually what happened in '96. It's true. And uh, like Mike with uh, Little Bow Wow, but again, Bow- he wasn't in that. So, <laughs> if you just look at name. the structure of this docu series, any historic um, sporting event could be edited and pro- produced like that. Cause you have the, you know, the athletes and you have the narrative, you could make a docuseries on quite a bit of other um, sporting events that, ha- that, that made a huge impact in the world by following this diagram of, of a, of a 
narrative storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at it, it's there's nothing too different about it. They yeah, they have some footage, but nothing in the sense that was wow, I didn't know about that. It was more of like, oh, we got Michael Jordan to talk. We got Scottie Pippen to talk, Kerr, and all these other guys. Imagine all the other type of sporting events that they could actually now kind of produce and make. What would you yeah. guys, what got, what, like, what sporting or historic event would you want to see shot and, and edited very similar to what you experienced with the, the last dance? Uh, off the top of my head, off, like, staying on basketball, like, the Raptors. 2019 season would be huge because there was so much drama with the trade and that with Kawhi coming and then kind of like our whole road to the championship. Um, I know like the, the Leafs like 93 season, like the 92, 93, like the passion returns. Like I had like, I had like a documentary of that on tape growing up that I used to watch. Um, Cause there's, there's just, there's like sports, there's such cinematic aspects to them. And um, you don't always get like the best footage. Luckily the bulls were, an amazing team in the '90s. So for them to see like a six, like champ, like six championships within that decade, it's it's unheard of. I don't think we've ever really seen like a dynasty like that in sports. But um, and especially with Michael Jordan being like an all star, like Wayne Gretzky would be a dope one too to see yeah. if there was anything because he got traded. Because if Wayne Gretzky could get traded, anyone could get traded. So it's interesting. Like I would, I'm down for anything if it's kind of like just well told. Yeah. Um... Pretty much same as Daniel. I'd love to see the Raptors one because that was also very recent and it was so interesting to see. Um, I, I really loved the Vince Carter one that came out, um, you know, uh, just what, two years ago, I think now, or a year ago. So that was great. Um, even the Jays, the back-to-back World Series champions, you know, I'd love to see that too. Oh, more, 100%. More, more Toronto-based, I'd say. But that's yeah, that's definitely. just my opinion. Yeah, I would yeah, actually – want to see the the Boston Red Sox like their their World Series victory that ended the um the Bambino curse which you know mm. funny funny thing is um during uh the episode where Michael Jordan goes and plays baseball um one of the coaches which was Terry Felt uh, Francone um he was the actual coach of the Boston Red Sox that won the World Series to end the curse it was just funny that he coached Michael Jordan as well as how well he was as a coach. And I just found it funny. That's funny. Um, Let's move on to some other news. Uh, Let's move on to some pandemic news. Featuring Michael Bay. Um, (laughs) Adam Adam Goodman and Michael Bay team up on a pandemic theme thriller, Songbird. Production starts in five weeks. This is coming from Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline. So former Paramount Productions chief Adam Goodman's Invisible Narratives has teamed with Michael Bay to produce Songbird, a pandemic thriller that plans to take an unusual approach to shooting a movie in Los Angeles during the lockdown. It will begin production within five weeks. It might be the first film to shoot in the city. The film will be directed by Adam Mason, who also directed Into the Dark, who wrote the script with Simon Boyce, Misconduct. The filmmakers are providing remote training for the actors. None of the participants would say exactly how they plan to shoot a movie at a time when the guilds are still compiling their own safety protocols so that production can resume. I'm told that filmmakers behind Songbird have screened their plans by the guilds and they are good to go. So what do you guys think of a pandemic um, Michael Bay creation or narrative? 
<laughs> something. Yeah. Um, interesting stuff. I mean, I feel like this is going to be like the hot thing that's going to be happening for a long time where it's like, yeah, let's make pandemic movies just because we're not living through it enough. But um, yeah, sure. But if, I, if it's good, why not? I wonder. I mean, like, do people want to watch pandemic films right now during a pandemic? I know that in the beginning <laughs> when when, you know, this was all starting, Contagion was really hot. But I also think that was because people didn't understand the gravity of the situation. They're just like, oh, buddy, this is probably going to be like Contagion. Ha ha ha. LOL. Let's watch this. And then it's just like now, like oh, I real. Let's not. Yeah, I personally don't want to watch. I want to watch something that reminds me of a better time, not the shitty time that I'm in currently. Exactly. No, I'm hundred yeah. percent with you. It's like give me something that's going to take my mind off of the reality. <laughs> yeah. Let me not just dwell and just live in that anxiety of it. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest news that's coming from this is that is shooting in Los Angeles, which is completely locked down. Yeah. So that means and. We've we've talked about it in previous shows and extended as well. Yeah, how do they film a movie in in Hollywood? You know, on the back lots. How do they did they do any of that when you can't even get more than five people together? So it's going to be an interesting take on on production and like what a production value looks like in a pandemic state. We'll we'll say a pandemic city, which is completely locked down. Uh, But we've seen other like you know. We'll take, for instance, Mythic Quest that did um, their whole show remote-based. Um, I know there are, you know, there's technology out there that, you know, you set up a camera and the camera can be remotely controlled by a camera operator. So we don't know what it looks like. I think it's an interesting concept. I, I wouldn't mind seeing how they get away with it and make this movie happen. Um, as long as everyone's safe and secure and, you know, social distancing is still provided, but I'm, um, I'm down for it. I'm actually, I just want to see how this movie is made. Like I just, what does it look like for, for a whole production team to make a, um, a film like this? Yeah. Let's, let's move on to trailers. You guys ready for this? Yeah. All right. So I'll this s- is what we'll do. You start. Because I'm next week, I'll go, and then Shay will go. Okay, Does that makes sense. Good. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Trailers, trailers, trailers. You know, Thank I got you. a message from one of our friends of the show, Enoch. He he wrote he was he <laughs> told me that he loves it when we nail it. So hopefully he'll enjoy that this week. Oh, that was a pretty good one too. It's a solid it one. It was. So we have quite a bit of trailers this week. Oh yeah, most in than any other week that have passed. So we're going to start off with the five, the five blood. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you say it like that, man? I don't know. I think that's how Spike Lee would want me to say it. Yeah, it's true. Okay. okay, okay, I don't think you would want me to say, Hey, the the five bloods. (laughs) So right. right. That's my my fault. Bloods is a, um, is one of our newest trailers is a Netflix film that, is I guess it revolves around a, a Vietnam um, group and going. I think they go back to Vietnam to kind of remember uh, the war and money that was kind of buried in the past. And it revolves. It kind of centers around an African American uh, squad group. So I actually liked the trailer. I felt the trailer was very long. But what do you guys think of it? 
It was a long trailer, yes, but um, I really liked how it was shot. Spike Lee is one of those guys that's he can be very hit or miss, or you're either a big fan of Spike Lee or you don't really care for Spike Lee. Um, I, I mean, last time I saw of his was you know Black Klansman, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so watching this trailer, I was like, it was one of the first trailers in a very long time during this pandemic that I've seen that looked cool. If that makes any sense or cinematic, I guess is the word I want to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And the nice thing is we don't have to wait too long. Cause this is coming out in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get to watch this kind of soon, which, which it looks like. So yeah, I'm totally with you. This looks cool. Uh, it took me a second to realize that they were kind of doing some time jumping, but I really like that. They made like, like the Chadwick Boseman part, like look like it was shot in the, I guess in the sixties or seventies. And then I guess it jumps to like now, um, so I think visually it's going to be really cool how they, uh, how they do this. Yep. We also got our first look at force of nature starring Mel Gibson. Um, and, uh, not just Mel Gibson. What's his name? Uh, uh Emil Hirsch, Emil Hirsch. Yes. And Kate um, Bosworth. Very. Oh my God. I think this is set in Florida and there's uh, a hurricane happening and, you know, Mel Gibson, he looks like he's on some some hard alcohol and he needs to get away from some bad people. And Emil Hirsch <laughs> plays a a cop. <laughs> and this is not what's the plot here. He plays a cop who uh <laughs> <laughs> It sounds a lot like what's the plot, by the way. It does. Um yeah, he plays a cop who I guess it I, I don't even remember this trailer. He gets caught in the a in perfect storm, <laughs> yeah. Because of the because of the hurricane, and they end up having to kill a bunch of or having a shootout or some sort of action with some bad guys who are trying. It to- was like the movie The Raid or Dread. If you've seen those, where you're kind of like you know trapped in a building surrounded by people that are trying to get you. If you've watched those films, um, <laughs> okay, okay, right? Yeah, it no, you're right. I, I would the, say the alligator movie. Crawl, crawl. Yes, that's what I. Like, it also reminded crawl. me. It also reminded me of that unhinged movie with Russell Crowe. Like, it looked so bad. Like, I was watching this trailer and I'm like, oh my god, when when is this like going to be a funnier die skit? When am I going to find out that this is all a joke? Because it looked just awful. Yeah, it did not look fun. And it didn't. I'm like, guys, are they are they thinking this is going to get people excited to go to the movies? Like, no, is this man. is this the movies you guys really want to be promoting? Also, Mel Gibson is, I guess, making a comeback. I don't think so. But no. making these shitty movies, he's been making shitty movies for a little while now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like Hacksaw Ridge was like he was nominated for that, and like it was mm-hmm. a it was a good movie, but like yeah, he wasn't in it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We also got our first look at Deer, which is a Apple original um, production. I believe yeah. it's uh, it revolves around um, normal day people and how actors and and singers and people in the creative arts have connected and and um, touched them or touched the public in a certain way. So these uh, these people have write, written letters to famous um, creatives and basically telling them how they've changed their life, which I, I thought it, I found it very endearing. I, the only thing I didn't like about it was it was um, the way it was shot. 
just felt weird. But it's a it's a it, docu series. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, like you're going to see, I guess, letters to like people like Oprah, Spike Lee, Lin Manuel Miranda, Big Bird, you know, Stevie Wonder. Like, there's a lot of uh, like kind of known people here, and kind of you'll be able to see how they've touched the lives of other people. Um, again, it's nice to see more content coming to Apple TV Plus. Uh, I think this June 5th, I want to say this comes out. Yes, June 5th, the complete first season will be available. But what did you think, Shay? I didn't watch it, so I thought it was great, All right. personally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. We also got a, a look at The Old Guard, so a Netflix original starring Charlize Theron. She leads a group of immortal soldiers um, and has been found by some, some, some nasty people. They want to use her powers to kind of, or her group's powers to kind of take over the world. Or something like that. Um, have you guys seen the trailer? Yeah, this is cool. This yeah. one I did not see, so I'll let you guys talk about it. It was it was interesting. I like Charlize Theron. I just I don't know like when when they when they shot up her group and then real, and then I realized oh shit they're like zombies and they can't die. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an interesting fact. It's a Netflix film. I've I've oh, yeah. invested money into this movie, so I might as well watch it. <laughs> you're you're an executive <laughs> producer. Yeah, no, yes. Anthony's like a, an EP on this movie. Yeah. Would you Imagine Netflix had to credit like every single person who subscribes to them <laughs> and the credits. <laughs> it's the longest. Like, no, this movie's six hours long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could see them doing that as like a publicity stunt one day. Like this movie is brought to you by you. And it's just like, literally the credits is anyone who ever subscribed to Netflix. Or it's like your account specifically. Like oh it'll, God. It'll pull oh. it up. Yeah. Don't give them ideas, man. We'll sell that to them. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we also got a trailer for 13 reasons why the final season. I know you guys don't care about it. But <laughs> our Are you talking about the audience doesn't care yeah. about it? Or oh, Shane and I specifically? Our audience does care about it. No, I, I, I've never seen the show. I have nothing to yeah. say about the show. I, I've, I've never seen it. Yeah, I I I've watched both seasons. And I can't believe they're continuing. I don't know how they're getting more storyline out of this. How many have you found out the reasons why, though? Oh, yeah, 100%. You find out in the beginning, in the first oh. first season. And then the second season, you, there's like a little bit of kind of more repercussion reasons. to the person who who kind of like put the 13 reasons why into this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now it's just off topic and we're talking about some other kid who's in the same school. Oh, but yeah, it's the final season. So thank God. Um, 13 reasons why it comes out very, very soon. I don't, I think in a couple of, in a couple of weeks, yeah. um, we also got a new trailer for antebellum, which is a American horror film. Yes. Starring, uh, Janelle Monet, man, this yeah. film gave me vibes of, Terrence Malick yes. meets M. Night Shyamalan? No, there was a... Oh, who was it? I don't know if it was Christopher Nolan. It must have been Christopher Nolan. Yeah, it's like Terrence Malick, Malick meets Christopher Nolan. Just the way the trailer starts off, it's like very Tree of Life, and then all of a sudden cuts to you know this horror and, and almost like reality-jumping, um, time-bending narrative. So... Right, I found it interesting, and I actually thought looks, this trailer was creepy. the trailer of the week. We, oh, we, haven't, well, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. We haven't done. We, that re- we haven't had anything worthwhile talking about. <laughs> here, I 
Yeah. But yeah. filmed really, really good. Like the cinematography just captures you right off the right off the first scene, just with her family, and then all of a sudden she cuts to um, a different period of time where she's playing a different character. Yeah, for sure. She's dealing with it. And then we also have Tenant, which you bow, know, bow, bow. who the hell knows what the what what Tenant is. <laughs> I, I like you know you we, we watch this trailer tenant and you still you're like what the what what is this There's was it a Fortnite sound by the way Daniel uh no that was just an air horn sound oh okay. uh, I thought that was like a Fortnite kill or something no uh, no no that was more like a Vine thing than anything that's before yeah, the kids who play Fortnite were you, live what did you guys think of the tenant oh dude easy trailer of the week for me are you kidding me this trailer was I don't sick know, man I think the Fortnite thing just left a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to Fortnite to watch this trailer. So you weren't going to do it anyway, though, so so it doesn't matter. That's a trailer of the week for me, man. <laughs> That's cool, man. No, it was a it was a dope trailer. Honestly, like I'm excited to watch Tenet and then go back and watch this trailer and try and figure out, oh, that's what they were doing. Or maybe I'm left even more confused. But you know, it's just it's so easy to get hyped up for Nolan stuff because I think his trailers are so good and I just think like we, we learned a little bit more about the world about like inversion and like that whole scene with John David Washington shooting the bullet and she's like you're not shooting it like you're catching it I'm like oh that's really cool so I just visually like this movie looks fantastic so I'm excited to see it's whenever it comes out I think the most dramatic part of the trailer I was telling you guys was literally the way the music was coming in at the end and it's like only in theaters i'm like oh my god guys relax okay we get it it's coming to theaters but no dates yeah i thought thought this was a it was a cool trailer as well yeah the whole Fortnite thing was i mean i'm not gonna let that it it definitely made the hype for the trailer very like blah for me like when i finally watched it i watched it almost out of anger because i was like i can't believe like I didn't get to watch it right away, and I also can't believe it was such a fucking mission. Um, but when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, that's cool. Again, I don't know what's happening. I thought it was really interesting that they used scenes of his movies when they talked about his movies because they, oh, they, yeah, the, the- they don't ever really do that in trailers unless like it was back in the 90s when they used to do that. So where they showed scenes of scenes of like the yeah like because like, they, they always say like oh from the director of yeah like this, like this, oh but they didn't know, show it yeah yeah and they also like they dropped a lot of his films I think they dropped his whole disco- his whole filmography in that one so <laughs> yeah they, they did uh they did uh the Dark Knight trilogy yeah and they had like the picture of Batman on the rubble they did Inception. Dunkirk and Inception yeah yeah so I was like oh okay that's really cool I thought that was unique um but again yeah the trailer was pretty cool again i don't know what's happening a lot of the visuals i found really interesting um at the end of the day i go to see a nolan film to just be blown away and i think that this film will do that as well so let's let's see what happens do you guys think right now is it landing on july 17th no because anthony the trailer said only in theaters, like or only on Fortnite. Who knows what's going to happen? So, no, I don't think at the so. end of the day here, I don't think so. Yeah, but uh, like on the website, still says it. They haven't moved anything yet. But on Twitter, so they were just it, right. But it's still it's still on like the the tenant website though. It just says coming to theaters, I guess. On, on I think the uh, real question is Twitter. if it does come out July seventeenth, would you guys watch it? Uh, it depends. And safe. Yeah, it depends what the yeah it depends what the situation so thinking, is like. Even July. just like thinking that within 
when's July 17th? It is it's like, like two months from now, let's ahead. say. Do you think theaters would be ready to own a own a a big per, big movie release like that? I don't, like, but here's the thing, man. Like, if I if I think two months in the future, it's like I don't know where the world's going to be then. Because like two months ago, now we are in March and things were just starting to close. Right. So to think of where we're going to be two months from this point, like I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. It's just. Is so many things up in the air, and I don't know what they're planning to do. On Twitter, the header still says July seventeenth, so I don't I don't know what that means for Warner Brothers' plans. But we've seen pretty much every movie change at this point, so I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we move on to some new dates, some new info? So, The Simpsons four by three aspect ratio arrives on Disney Plus May twenty eighth. I know a lot of people have been asking for it. Um, so, so um, their wish has been granted. So May 28th, look forward to the proper aspect ratio for the Simpsons on Disney+. Plus. Um, we also have news about Tom Hanks' World War II film, Greyhound. <laughs> oh, it's, my God. This fantastic film has uh, reached an agreement with Apple to do its film debut on Apple TV+. Plus. So if you're an Apple TV+, Plus subscriber, you can watch Greyhound. The Tom Hanks film. Oh boy! It's, I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's this good. is the one that this is the one that we spoke about a couple weeks ago. Tom Hanks wrote this movie. Yeah. Um, it's with from a director writer. of things. Yeah, with his typewriter. Uh, it's from a director of things that we've never really heard about. Also, to my recollection, mm-hmm. um, no date on this one either. But it's expected to drop soon, I guess. So maybe Apple will be like, and it's out today. Uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't it yeah, Memorial that's... Day this week or, ne- or has it already passed? It's it's this weekend, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to, so the I, I day this episode drops. Yeah. Memor- tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. You never know. You never, you never know, know. And you never care. You know, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, what are we watching this week, guys? Let's start with uh, Mr. Shea. Oh, Mr. Me. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I watched, you know, I, I, Anthony, was it the last episode that we did? Not the, yeah. including the Snyder yeah. one, where I said to you, listen, if you watch Harley Quinn, I'll watch Rick and Morty. And I lived up to that end of the deal, and I watched Rick and Morty. Now, I only did watch episode one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch it. Now, will I continue to watch it? That's a question we'll have to see uh, for the next episode. That's not really fair, man. <laughs> Why? Why is it not fair? You, you, did you enjoy Harley Quinn? Because I know you watched it. Gonna, so you I watched it. it. I watched the whole season. It's not that long. Yeah. One episode, which was a really good episode. But like, you know, Rick and Morty has grown from its first episode. But did you did you enjoy it? And then you were like, "Oh my god, I gotta keep." Watching. I'm not gonna talk about what I'm watching. It's what what you're watching. You're saying, like, <laughs> anyway, I it's up to my deal. Your deal was just my deal was I'll watch I'll watch Rick and Morty, and I did, and I and, and I and I gave and I went I I watched that one episode, and I promise you, I will watch more. So like you'll be seeing. Did I like it? Yeah, you're breaking. Whenever up. you have to you. ask that question, <laughs> you're breaking up, Anthony. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. <laughs> Anthony, yeah, sorry. What was that again? It's so like it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't like it. Like if no, 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 no. I'll be honest. I'm I'm just joking. I'll be honest. Um, I I didn't hate it. I 
I, I laughed at some moments for sure. Um, but maybe it didn't grab me the way I wanted to. I don't think it's because I like the characters yet, like the main characters, Rick and Morty. So I I truly know that I have to give it more of a shot before I can kind of pass the judgment on it. But I did, like a lot of the jokes in the comedy was, I guess, my type. Um, so I am going to continue watching it, I promise you. I just, if you look at my list this week, I didn't get to watch much. I uh, didn't. I had a bit of a busier week with the last week of Ramadan happening, so I had I was busy with that, you know. Yeah, man, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I listen. I will keep watching. I, it. I was also, you know, celebrating Ramadan. I got to watch all the Harley. Were you? You went. You went Muslim for a week. Ramadaning. Oh well, that's the, your mistake. You shouldn't be doing that. We're, we don't verb it. Um, <laughs> also, I watched the Last Dance. Um, I've been watching the Spider-Man animated series because, you know, it's just so funny watching that 90s show in today because so many things wouldn't be possible today. And just the way they do certain elements, I'm like, oh, this is so silly, but it's just nostalgic. Uh, I tried again to finish season two of Westworld. It's it's not doing it for me yet. I, I think I'm going to keep trying as well. Uh, I will say this, Anthony. I, I did enjoy that episode of Rick and Morty more than I enjoyed this episode of Westworld that I watched. Yeah, Westworld season two. We all know it wasn't a great season. It's very like I don't get it yet, and I mean not to say that I'm getting Westworld in general, but it's just like, oh my god, this is so boring right now and i I hope Mm -hmm. it picks up because i really want to get to season three because i know you've talked about season three a lot and how much you've enjoyed it so um curious to get there daniel daniel and i also after the whole news about the snyder cut dropped we watched justice league and we just were just grinning the whole time because i i'm I'm pretty sure dan and i were both just flipping off the screen the whole way they were just being like yeah now we'll get to see the real thing so yeah, oh know. yeah, yeah. That was, I was yeah. I, w- I was watching it with I was just I was exactly said I was just grinning because I'm like oh you're gonna be dead soon buddy you're gonna <laughs> die soon you'll be a memory <laughs> um, yeah uh, yeah so that was that was fun to see uh, and just kind of watch and be like yeah still stupid yeah. but hopefully it won't be <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's that and then um, I haven't seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World in a very long time probably in a few years. So I, I put that on just because I wanted something light and easy to watch. Uh, I have a very interesting relationship with Scott Pilgrim. When I first came out, I was a very dumb person, which I probably still am a little bit. And I hated it. I was like, oh, this movie sucks. And um, I, I don't know. I just I never gave it the time. And then a few years ago, probably the last time I watched it, um, I watched it and I absolutely loved it. I'm like, oh, my God, I was such an idiot. I can't believe I, you know, didn't watch this, blah, blah, blah. So... I, I gave it the respect again. And when I watched it this time, I really, really liked it. And I thought it was really cool. And so much of it stood up to me more. And then uh, Mythic Quest dropped their quarantine episode. So I gave that a watch. And I heard that they submitted it for an Emmy. And it totally makes sense because it was a great episode. It was really funny. And um, it just it had a lot of heart that I didn't expect the show to go towards. But I, I know Daniel wants to dive into that too. So I'm going to let him talk about it too uh yeah exactly exactly what you said shay this mythic quest is is probably one of my biggest surprises this year in terms of just delivering a show that's 
so funny and has already just kind of gone into my all-time vaults of favorite shows um, with only nine episodes in the first season. It just, I think it's just one of those shows that it kind of feels like it was made for me. And like, and I mean that like just speaking to myself and I know like I'm not the only one that feels that way, but it just feels like it hits so many marks of, of worlds that I love about games and game development and all of that and pop culture. And it kind of gives me that always sunny feel like feel as well too, just of how like ruthless some of the characters can be. Um, and to see them in this environment of quarantine, because obviously uh, Rob McElhaney, who obviously plays Mac and always sunny and he's the creator of the show with Charlie day, um, they were saying that like, you know what, like we had to rewrite aspects of season two because of the quarantine. We want this to be a workplace comedy. And right now everyone's working from home. So we thought we had to kind of acknowledge that. And the fact that they were able to kind of bring this all together in just a couple weeks and shoot this entire episode on iPhone. And, um, it's, it's an amazing episode. And honestly, like I show this episode, like even to my, to my mom, I was like, mom, like, I know you haven't seen this show yet. But watch this episode because it kind of gives you all you need to know about the characters in it. And it feels like it could be very standalone as well. Very. And she was like laughing, like laughing out loud. And then she kind of got emotional at the emotional parts. And she wants to watch the series now just because I think what this show did is make such an inviting episode for people to watch and kind of empathize with. Um, And I just absolutely loved it. I know, Anthony, you watch it too. Did you uh, feel the same way? Yeah, I got the same, you know, feels that everyone got from that scene with um with poppy and i think it just like you you forget that um at times people you know need people in their lives and that's how they kind of you know feel good so you know it's it's such a great episode i encourage everyone to watch it if you have apple tv plus if not subscribe for that you know seven days um it had its comedy it had it had its sadness it had its happiness it had its you know frustration parts it's just it was a really well-rounded episode especially for what they could do in such a short period of time and you know to hear that they had 40 iPhones and they in you know how they shot it and they were in their homes and they had to create these these scenes it's it was um it, and the amount of time they actually got it out it was fantastic I really, really enjoyed it. One of the uh, editors on it, uh, they were, I believe it was the editor, some uh, Hollywood Reporter article said that they they worked on the episode of Modern Family uh, where the whole episode takes place in the computer and that took them like three months to make that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's funny, kind of shout out to Toronto. There was also, that episode of Modern Family was inspired by a short film of uh, Sudanat Ryerson who did the same thing where he kind of told the whole story through the perspective of his computer um here in toronto so yeah it's it's just it's amazing to see how fast they came together to make something and not only make something that felt like it felt like it it could stand up to any episode in the season and be like yes this is all part of it it wasn't and i'm not throwing shade like the parks and recreation or anything like that the parks and rec episode felt a lot more like oh we're recording a zoom call or whatever this felt like it was a proper like made episode if that makes sense yep 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 well, what have you been watching, Daniel? Well, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, so obviously, like I said, uh, Mythic Quest and Last Dance, we've spoken so much about. Uh, after the Last Dance finish, I wanted to watch another docu-series. So I watched the OJ Made in America series, which again was 
such a well done documentary series that you could watch on Crave. Um, dives into OJ, kind of dives into a lot of things that were going on in LA in the 90s. So you got a lot of Rodney King stuff. You got a lot of police brutality stuff and just really kind of building up that world um, in that time. So I definitely recommend that. Uh, Anthony and I, I think this was the season finale for Dark Side of the Ring. Yes, it was. It was the last Uh, episode. This one was on Owen Hart's. Again, a phenomenal episode, heartbreaking episode. And I think Anthony and I have kind of spoken about the show so much that we really recommend you watch it. It's just such a good series. It's so well done. And it's kind of crazy to see all of this kind of shady shit going on in one industry and getting a whole series on it. So definitely watch it. Uh, Did you want to talk to it as well, Anthony? Um, no, it was it was a really sad episode. It was about Owen Hart and his tragic death in the ring during um, a pay per view event. Um, but you know, all I knew was that he, you know, he died in the ring. We he, and he fell from the rafters uh, with a botched stunt attempt. But you never realize like what else, like how did it happen? Like how did this kind of happen to this poor kid? Um, so it dives into that whole story with his wife and, you know, the heart own heart is a huge Canadian wrestling dynasty. And like, I think everyone knows who his brother is and everyone knows who own heart is. So, um, if you are interested in know like the facts about the mystery behind his death and how it happened and, and the consequences and, and just how, you know, the organization kind of washed his hands from it. I encourage you to watch the season finale of dark side of the ring. Definitely. Um, going forward, uh, because you know, we watched justice league, Shane, I watch justice league. I wanted another Snyder movie. So I watched Watchmen director's cut, of course, phenomenal movie. I, it's one of my favorites. I think this is some of Snyder's best work. And obviously he's adapting a lot from the comic books here, but just visually this movie is so well made. Uh, I watched bad boys for life. So I haven't seen it since the theaters in January. So it was nice being able to watch it at home. Um, Shane and I also watched The Lovebirds. I forgot that we watched that. Oh, I forgot to put that. My apologies. Totally, I totally forgot that we watched it. Um, it was a it was a fun little movie. This movie was supposed to come to theaters. It stars Kamel Nanjiani and uh, Issa Rae, and they're kind of like a couple who inadvertently get caught up in like a murder, and it kind of like it kind of just shows the their crazy night that they have very much in the vein of like. Uh, date night uh, and kind of movies in that vein um it was fun like honestly it was it was a good time i didn't like i think shay and i when we were talking we were like wow i didn't hate myself while watching this yeah which we've kind of felt with a lot of new releases at home um so definitely it was um it was a good way to pass the time and it's like it's a good movie if you're just looking for something to to put on netflix one night i mean you may as well it's a new movie watch it uh what about you shay i i I thought that it was very um like it was fun at certain moments it dips in its pace a little bit too but yeah overall again yeah i didn't hate myself there were some jokes that maybe hit me a lot harder than i expected and i laughed um but it's not extremely memorable um no it's just uh it, it was like oh okay cool but again with everything that we've been watching or that's new coming out in this quarantine this is one of the better ones like I would say, and I would say if we had to give it a rating, I mean, I can really only give it a stream it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you've got nothing to do and you're, you know, you're, you're with your spouse at home or someone, you know, that you love and care about and want to hug, 
yeah, sure. Give uh, give it a watch. Yeah, I think this movie relies almost too much on like the leads to kind of mm. make it funny because it feels like they're just kind of like improving with one, with one another to kind of go back and forth to make it funny. But uh, other than that, yeah, check it out. Uh, continuing on with Defending Jacob, uh, season finale is coming up this week. Really been enjoying this series on Apple TV+. Plus, um, So I'm really interested to see where it ends off. Uh, this episode of Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, was the one I've kind of been waiting for. This is where they really dive into the behind the scenes of the tech behind the show. And it's absolutely mind-blowing how we're making movies now. That we're literally making them with screens that kind of curve around the whole set. It's like a virtual set. So um, a lot of these directors, and they talk about it in the episode, saying, uh, say like, this is so much nicer than working with a green screen because you're walking onto set. And you're seeing it and like it's there. So it's like it kind of even though it's higher tech, it makes it feel like a classic movie set and it makes it easier for them to work. Um, so definitely, if even if you don't have an interest in The Mandalorian or you don't even have to worry about the other episodes that came before it, just check out this this tech episode. Uh, it's really cool how they made this stuff. Um, Little Fires Everywhere. I've been watching, too. This is on Amazon Prime. This is with, with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. Yeah. Um, interesting so far. I'm on episode three, just finishing episode three. Um, not sure how I feel about it yet. It feels very drama for the sake of drama, even though nothing too crazy has happened yet in the show. Um, I will say, though, the opening scene of the show, a house is on fire and Reese Witherspoon is looking at it. And my dad literally looks at the house on fire and he says, wow, that looks so fake. And for my dad to notice it, you know, it doesn't look good. Like it just, the, it just looks so like fake. The fire on the house. I'm like, oh, that kind of looks like a, a cutscene in like a PS early PS3 game. Like it literally, it's jarring how it kind of stands out. So, other than that, enjoying the performances in the show, and I'm curious to see where it ends off. And of course, Harley Quinn is just continuing to be one of my favorite shows on TV right now. So enjoying that a lot. Very cool, Anthony. Um, you're up. Yeah, so I began the week by watching Twister, uh, 1996 film about tornadoes. You probably have watched it in some time. Um, but yeah, it just it, I came across an article talking about it, and we're going to talk about it in our, our marketing um, topic. But yeah, I just love Twister. Twister is, to me, one of my favorite movies. Um, I always wanted to be a storm chaser growing up. So when I watched this uh, and I saw these tornadoes on the big screen, I'm like, man, I want to go chase tornadoes. That was my dream job. Um, and this was actually the first film I watched twice in the movie theaters, which is, uh, I guess, a little random fact about me. Um, I also watched Harley Quinn. I watched the whole season. Really liked it. Really enjoyed it. Um, oh, so you liked it? Okay, good. Yeah, I like the characters in it. I like their her her little posse. Um, I'm not a big Harley Quinn fan. I don't really care for her as a character. Uh, she reminds me of like a early 2000 emo caricature. Yeah, like it's just it just doesn't like hot topic. Yeah, yeah, like she doesn't. I don't know. Like if I were making a TV series on a DC female villain it wouldn't be harley quinn and for some reason harley quinn is this x-rated you know comic book character i'm like because she was dating joker doesn't mean she's like this 
horrible, like not horrible, but like this vulgar and and right. It just I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Harley Quinn. I just can't. I don't understand what the big thing about her is. I guess because she's Joker's girlfriend. I actually enjoy Poison Ivy in this in the series. Oh, because my favorite. You man. don't really see anything about Poison Ivy. Um. So yeah, I really enjoyed her character. I also enjoyed um, what's his name, Doctor Psycho, as well as Bane, who they <laughs> they, they utilize Bane's voice from the Dark Knight Rises um, so storyline, and they give it He's to the Bane. Best character. He's yeah, so he funny. He's the very best. Uh, but yeah, enjoying it. I will watch the second season sometime this week. Uh, I watched Last Dance. I watched see uh, episode seven. I have not watched episode eight yet, but I'm pretty sure. You know, given what happens, um, they win the championship. Uh, no surprise <laughs> there. Um, but I will watch it this week sometime. Uh, I just didn't want to like. I wanted because there's nothing else on, so I wanted to kind of like have something for this week to watch. So I'll watch episode eight later on. Uh, new episode of Rick and Morty, which was really good. Um, after the Justice League um, Snyder cut reveal, I watched Man of Steel, um, as well as Batman versus Superman. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about how, you know, the the ball was dropped in terms of how these DC movies are made. You know, they should have had single episode, single uh, movies for each character. And, you know, really, really looking into it, I think the risk that they took with involving all these characters in one type of movie with Batman versus Superman, even with Man of Steel, I think a story like that could still be taught and still be not taught, but made um, without having to go the route Marvel has gone. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just, I was, even though they're not well written and well written, well written and well edited films, there's still potential of it being, um, a great way of making a superhero film. Because if you look at comic yeah. books and you look at like the storylines, they do involve all these characters. Some books just come out with, you know, a storyline that has these characters in it. Um, I just don't think Zack Snyder was the best person to tell that type of story. I think it was just too much for him. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm trying to get yeah. at? Like it's, it's, yeah, there and, and is a potential they, telling a story right. like that without having to go to the root of, oh, let's give Captain America one and two and three and then build to the... You don't have to do that. For sure. Yep. You're um, totally right. But watching, But also, I... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, but like, I, again, I'm a, I'm a Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition apologist, as like we are here on the show. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things in this the, the movie that like upon rewatching a couple weeks ago even like Shane and I were just like yeah like I don't know if this is necessary <laughs> you know like you kind of like there's a lot of things in it where it's just like it's this isn't fun right now and not that it always needs to be fun but it needs to be engaging and it's not always it not always was that but there's some really phenomenal moments in that movie yeah like I have this 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 love hate with these films because I love how they look but I just don't like how they're edited they're, the pacing doesn't make sense or how they jump from scenes to scenes, especially with Batman versus Superman, even the ultimate edition, even I love that ultimate edition, but it's not a well edited film and it's not well written no. at all. It's just, it's just a bunch of stuff happening. And yeah. um, 
under the this, another and person, the bullet, and this, I feel yeah. like it could have been a better film. I think of under right. a different director, or maybe a less. I don't know if there was a lot of um, there was a lot of pressure on Zach at the time to make this film because of Marvel's whole thing that was happening. I felt like it was just maybe too rushed, too too rushed. It's, um, yeah, it's possible for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Um, Dark Side of the Ring, Owen Hart, watch that. Mythic Quest, watch that. And I watched Dark Knight Rises, which I totally forgot about. That's a movie I always forget Christopher Nolan made and the whole sequence with the plane. And it's not as memorable as the other, you know, Dark Knights or Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. But um, yeah, pop that on and I watched that. Good stuff. And that Good was stuff. what I watched this week. Why don't we move on to the topic of the show? Let's do it. Let's ready? do it. Okay, so today's Woo! topic is on movie marketing campaigns throughout the years. So we're going to dive into some of the most iconic movie campaigns, uh, marketing campaigns that we've seen and that you might have heard of and, and how they've changed the industry. Um, my, I'm going to start off because mine is kind of like the older of all, all, all of our marketing campaign movies. Do it up, man. So um, I'm going to take you back to 1996, and I mentioned before that I watched Twister. So the reason why I watched Twister was because I came across an article saying how Twister changed the box office in the 90s, and it kind of led to what we we experience now. So um, Twister, which was directed by Jean DeBont, the same director of Speed and Laura Croft Tomb Raider, um, had a huge success in the 90s with Twister because of its marketing campaign and free advertisement. So we know Twister was made, um, I guess, 95, 96 time period, a time period where people were starting to get into um, movies that were alien-based. So 96 had Independence Day. And I, think, I think maybe you know Deep Impact was coming out. So a lot of like Comet... Armageddon was about to come out as well. So it was kind of revolving around that environmental, you know, disaster flick. And that's when it started to kind of, those movies started to rise up. So um, the marketing campaign for Twister began with a very unique approach to a trailer. So if you guys ever want to see the trailer for Twister, type it up into your Google machines and look it up on YouTube. <laughs> Twister has a very... It's on Fortnite, I think. It's on Fortnite. It has a very unique trailer where it builds and takes a sequence from the movie, which has never been done before. Usually during that time, you know, in the 90s, trailers were, you know, with the, the, the trailer narrator and like it tells the story of this person and that person. And they had like the just a bunch of cuts and and there's your trailer. This one actually took a sequence from the movie and put it into the trailer and it created mystery behind who the real, you know, villain was of this movie, which was, you know, tornadoes. Um, this movie also came out in May, which wasn't at that time the start of the summer blockbusters. Usually it was June. Now, May has had huge blockbusters in the past. Um, we have, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, E.T., but at that time during the 90s, blockbusters started in June. And Twister pushed for a May release um, and got a lot of advertisement because it came out during a time when Twister season <laughs> was approaching. 
So this movie actually made 500 million worldwide. This is a one franchise film, no sequels to it, starring Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, um, not well-known actors. Helen Hunt just came off of uh, Mad About You and should eventually win an Academy Award. And Bill Paxton, you know, he's in the Aliens and the Terminators. So he was um, he was casted for it. So it wasn't a huge cast, but it also had a very creative cast that would eventually become real big people like Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, who would eventually win an Academy Award. So this movie came out, like I said, in May. Um, it was pushed to May because they didn't think it would make enough money. But what the you know the advertisers didn't know, the marketing didn't know, is it became because Twister or these tornadoes were real things. People gravitated to them, and they got free advertisement from a lot of the you know a lot in the states because of tornado seasons and tornadoes were becoming big and huge things. There was no fluff around it. There were tornado chasers that worked for the government. Um, and it got about like, they said $90 million of free advertisement compared to their like $70 million that they budgeted for. So that's like $20 million more in free awesome. advertisement. At that time, and that movie made five hundred million when it didn't ha- had no right to make five hundred million. It pushed um, movies to start coming out in May, more movies to come out in May, and then eventually pushed for more movies to come out in April and March. Now the summer blockbusters start in March this year. It was going to be um, Black Widow, right? Yeah, and Mulan um, in, in and March, and, yeah. and Bond so, in April. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And because it connected with a lot of people, like Time Magazine had tornadoes on their cover, and Oprah was talking about tornadoes, and like all these, all this advertisements or free marketing, yeah. became like pop culture, the, right? Became the push for Twister to make that money. It had huge okay. sets, seventy million dollars special effects, which was at that time huge. Remember, we're, they're creating tornadoes in a live action environment which was never seen before before that we had jurassic park and we have terminator right we have physical beings but now we're actually creating nature which is a different story so even to this day if you go back and watch twister those tornadoes do not look good but the production design you know the the house that was collapsed or even the the, one of the signature scenes of at the drive-in where they're all at the drive-in and Shining is playing at the drive-in. This, and all of a sudden, this tornado starts to rip through the Shining scene with the with the twins. And and just the whole, I want to almost call it an amusement park ride. Because you can literally see this movie was a huge amusement park ride. And that's why I went to go watch it twice. I don't know, like, what are your, your memories on Twister when it came out or... Or when you watched it, did you feel like, holy crap, this is for a movie that doesn't, it's not CGI driven like a lot of movies now are, it did such a well jo- uh, such a good job at um, creating that uh, environment for us. So, it, uh, it, it, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead Daniel. No, I was going to say, Twister terrified me. I was I was really scared of like bad weather growing up, like like young, I remember being scared of it. <laughs> And just like tw- like tornadoes and stuff used to scare the shit out of me because I'm like I used to think that they were something that I'd had to deal with a lot more in life than I 
did luckily living in southern ontario in canada but um yeah it's scary and like to this day like and whenever i see a disaster movie i always kind of like think like oh god i wonder if that'll ever happen here or like you kind of always have like that internal fear of it but yeah twister is uh it's a great movie it's a great time watching that movie not for the people in it but like i mean for me watching it's entertaining <laughs> yeah i know same here um it was that, you know, 96 was a great year for film. And we got a lot of good movies that came out that year. Like we had Independence Day as well. And I remember uh, Independence Day is primarily what won me over that year. But when Twister was available, we would watch it. Um, and yeah, it made me super uncomfortable. But I really liked watching Bill Paxton. He's uh, something really likable about him. He's got a good charm. You know, rest in peace. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Um, and it's funny you say, Anthony, that it, it reminds you a lot of the theme park, of theme park, right? Because, well, Universal Studios Florida, they, in 1998, they opened the Twister ride. And I remember I went back in 2015, uh, June, or I think maybe just, just before that, a year before. And that was the last year for that ride to exist until it got replaced by the Jimmy Fallon one. Um, and I remember riding that and I'm like, and it was actually kind of a scary walkthrough kind of ride. And I'm like, man, is this what it was like on set? Like, this is a cool experience. <laughs> but that trailer that, you know, they came out with was so unique because when you're so used to in the 90s, all these trailers being like, in a world where blah, 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 exactly, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you don't get any of that. That's where it becomes very interesting that they take a totally different approach. Yeah. And Twister is, you know, is produced by um, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And Amblin Entertainment. <laughs> well, that was a nice little pause there. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got, folks. Uh, I mean, like, marketing in general has such a huge influence over movies. And I mean, like, another one, like, that always stands out that we've spoken about on the show, too, like, going back, like, to another Nolan movie, like, The Dark Knight. And I remember, like, the Dark Knight campaign, like, I remember, like, being at home trying to, like, figure this shit out because, like, it was a whole maze and like obstacle obstacle course for people to kind of figure this out. And it literally started like 15 months before the even movie came out. Like mm-hmm. that's how long before this started, there's over 70 countries involved in like this transmedia experience. And basically like it was, it's a, it's a long thing. I'm not going to go through the whole aspect of how this movie was marketed, but I will say like it involved a lot of like detective work for people going to different places, going to different comic book shops and finding Joker playing cards. And it kind of let that led to going to a website. And then once you went to that website, a first picture of the Joker was revealed. So that iconic picture of Heath Ledger with the black background, just kind of like his face and the, his lips with the scars on on it and everything. So like that kind of was revealed. And then like at Comic-Con that year, there was a whole thing that people had to go on and like kind of, figure out like finding going to the certain like spot to get this clue to go to another location to get this clue and like it's amazing what some of these marketing campaigns could do and this the dark knight campaign won uh like a lot of awards for kind of it's kind of like real life game that people were playing and i think this is too in a time before social media was really big, this is you got to think this is 2007. So like Facebook was around, but it wasn't being used the way it is now. So it was a lot more kind of like fake websites that were being made a lot more of like the internet trying to figure this stuff out. And now it would be like a Reddit thread or a tweet that would go out. But there was like some real stuff that people had to go on to kind of figure out to get the first reveal of like Joker and 
the trailer and stuff like that. So it was really cool. And it just, it just kind of goes to show how far back, um, how integral marketing was like to Nolan's films and to go on from there to do dark Knight rises where you had to link your Facebook account to the sort of revealing a picture of Bane and it let you record your own voice that Hans Zimmer used in the movie to, as part of the chance for, for Bane. I a hundred percent did that a bunch of times. I'm like, I want my voice in this movie. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff that they do to, to make a movie appeal to people and marketing is just a huge aspect of that. What I, what I've picked up so far from what you both have talked about is WB Warner brothers is always, I think really good at, at setting a tone for marketing. Um, they're one of my favorite studios and yes, they make a lot of decisions that I don't agree with sometimes, but overall the way they kind of market a movie is is pretty much on the ball, I'd say. So that's always good to see. Um, taking it back, kind of in between both you and Anthony here, I, I wanted to go on the whole viral marketing trend of you know found footage films because I think that's that always every few years kind of spikes up and comes out of nowhere. And th- the biggest one that I can think of is the Blair Witch Project, and that was in 1999. So we're talking about right before Y2K, we have a film coming out, you know, it's not the dawn of the internet, but it's definitely at a point where the internet is still this scary computer thing. And, you know, is it going to take us over? I hear Y2K is happening next year. So what's going to happen to us? And again, we have, you know, a very convincing website again, that's released, you know, uh, bioing these, uh, these filmmakers and they create this whole myth and this lore about this small town and this witch that lives in the forest and everything was so believable that you're like, Oh my God, this is real. It was like, it was like Wikipedia. You can just scroll on there and you're like, my God, I'm learning so much about all of this. And then uh, next thing you know, it's really to to push this film forward. And again, this film made for what I think it was $60,000. It was a budget and it made about, 250 million that's absolutely insane mm-hmm. yeah it is mm-hmm. and when you think about how like going viral back then like there wasn't the <laughs> internet like readily available as much to debunk it so like anytime there was a rumor or something like it almost became bigger than what it is because mm-hmm. we didn't have some we didn't have a place to go to no to see if this is real or not two seconds later mm-hmm. it kind of becomes like becomes myth it reminds me of like growing up and like like people telling me like oh you could play as luigi in mario 64 but like you can't but like because that rumor was there like you couldn't just search online to see if that was true or not yeah it just it just i, I love how that that it just like it, it becomes myth at that point i, and I, I thought and, it was real oh of I course it yeah. was real i did too oh 100 percent terrifying I, I did too and i mean i that's why i was so afraid to watch it i mean i have watched it and it's absolutely stupid but <laughs> i remember i remember just growing up i was what eight years old when that film was coming out and i was like oh my god this is this is scary this i don't want to go to the america if they have witches yeah. and forests there and i mean again you're right you, you can't you can't verify it and i know i had the internet at the time but i don't think I was allowed to browse his website, nor did I want to browse his website. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it was, yes, word of mouth. And a lot of it was also broken telephone. It was a lot like, oh my God, you hear the witch? Oh my God, it's real and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually happening. And then and then you you look at how that that happened. And then years go by. And it, it's, it's a bit of a pause. And almost 10 years to the date, you get 
Cloverfield. And this is a trailer that drops right before Transformers, so Paramount this time. And it's a very ominous trailer. You know, it's it's found footage again. You have these party goers in New York just kind of having a good time. So you're like, oh, okay, they're giving a birthday message. And then boom, it cuts to pretty much the whole world or this, at least New York shutting down, going crazy, um, screaming. You're hearing people saying it's alive. And I remember when this trailer dropped, I don't know why I was so intrigued about it. I was searching up on forums at that time. We didn't really have Reddit and stuff. So I was like, oh my God. And people were breaking it down. They're like, oh, is he saying it's alive or it's a lion? And I remember being like, oh my (laughs) God, there's going to be a lion in this film or it's a giant lion monster. And then people were like, oh, if you go frame by frame, you can see the reflection here. And what was crazy about that trailer as well when it dropped was it was the film was coming out so suddenly uh, in January, but it also didn't have a date. It, I'm sorry, it didn't have a name, sorry. It just had the date. It just said one eighteen oh eight, and that was it. And then you were like, okay, now I got to figure out what this movie is. What's it about? What's, what's going to happen on that yeah. date? Yeah, it's like, is the movie dropping that day or is this an event that's happening that day that I'm going to have to prepare myself for? Uh, directed by Matt Reeves, who, of course, is coming out with the Batman film very soon, hopefully. Um, so, again, that was crazy. And then, you know, we also – that really – push forward again that viral marketing for fan footage we then got paramount activity which was really brilliant i think is also paramount again and this time the way they did it was they they invited audiences to test screenings for a film that you know they didn't tell them what it was about they said it's it's a true story it's all real and then they filmed their reactions and the whole trailer that you pretty much watch for the first paranormal activity movie is just people reacting to what's on screen but you're not it's seeing brilliant. what's on screen Again, it's brilliant so smart and you're not seeing the film so that that mystery and that illusion is still there but you're like oh my god if they're scared i'm gonna get scared and uh yep. yeah very very smart very cool and i really love the found footage material style. I think, I think it's very cool. And, you know, we haven't, we're, we're now seeing less of it, but Cloverfield, I think is always trying to, you know, reinvent that. Like I remember when 10 Cloverfield lane came out, there was, again, the trailer dropped suddenly and it was a very ominous trailer. Again, you know, you have John, uh, John Goodman with um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I am forgetting the actor's name, but I know that he's also a oh, Dan Trachenberg. So, they're, they're in this bunker and then you don't know what's happening. And then it ends with 10 Cloverfield Lane. You're like, oh my God, we're getting a sequel. And then just what a year or two after Super Bowl, uh, whatever Super Bowl that was, it's just like this trailer for this film that we had been hearing about, which was at that time titled um, God Particle, I believe. All of a sudden, this movie is just coming out and it's like, this movie drops on Netflix tonight. And it was called Cloverfield Paradox. So Cloverfield has had a very interesting way of dropping trailers and their marketing style. It's very unique. And uh, it, it's, it's a, uh, they followed, I think the Beyonce method with the Cloverfield <laughs> paradox where it's just like, it's out now, just go watch it. So very, yeah, I very, think very unique. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing when it comes to marketing and the, you know, it's a success when people talk about it, that's mm-hmm. all they want good or mm-hmm. bad. They want people to talk about it. So whether it always works or whether it's a huge hit, having something that people talk about and can experience and be part of. I know like last year I spoke about that pop-up blockbuster that Captain Marvel was they did. I know for uh, Godzilla back in the day, they had these giant almost like footprints 
in Toronto and around Mississauga, like to promote the movie. And people are like, what is this? And I remember like tweets, like on Twitter being like, is this for a movie they're shooting or what, le- what left this year? And then it turned out it was just like a viral marketing stunt that they did. So it's really cool to see what studios and companies come up with. Um, there, we could do a whole, I think two hours talking just about some of the craziest ones. Um, yeah. I know even in the gaming world too, there have been some absolutely bonkers, things that they do to kind of get people's attention. But again, that's how, all it is at the end of the day is just getting attention towards what they want us to know about. And I'm sure we'll revisit this again because this is something that's ever evolving and there's so many things that we didn't touch on. Well, that just about wraps up today's episode. But before we finish, trivia time. Oh, so I found a trivia question for you guys that revolves around <laughs> oh, the topic of the show so you guys are not complaining. Who let Anthony do trivia again? Oh, my God. <laughs> In, Bring, do it, Anthony. In 2006, Sasha Baron Cohen's Bo- Borat character appeared on which late night show? Was it A, Jay Leno, B, David Letterman, or C, Conan O'Brien? Uh, I'm going to do David like Letterman. Question? I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah. What were the I'm going to do. There's David Letterman, uh, Jay Leno, and Jay Leno. Conan, said, right? Yeah. I'm going to say Jay Leno. What did you say, Daniel? I said David Letterman. Daniel, you are correct. Oh, oh damn it. Sasha Baron appeared, in, uh, appeared as Borat on David Letterman, which became one of the most um, interesting <laughs> interviews in David Letterman's career. Because he's to th- till this day, he didn't, well, not till this day, but he didn't know at the time what was happening and how that marketing for that character <laughs> and his movie was going to uh appear. that's awesome that's awesome, very man. cool great very, question very cool. so that has been the movie podcast again you can catch a brand new episode every single week we also have our commentary tracks um we have our special episodes uh Anthony, could you say that part again sorry right, was i cutting out again mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> just that that has been this time with the movie podcast part so that has been the so this has been the movie po- okay, this, three two one so this has been the movie podcast again you can catch a brand new episode every single week we also have our commentary tracks and our special uh, episode on Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League uh, director's cut um, if you have any questions or concerns or if you want to criticize us or give us a review you can head over to thistimewith.com slash talk that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next well that just about wraps up today's episode but before we finish hello we're gonna do some trivia (laughs) hello god damn it man hello hello can you hear me i can hear you anthony yep You literally were like, and that just about wraps it up. Can you hear us, Anthony? Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, I'll let you take it away then.